Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Sheen Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Hey folks, welcome back to Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Travis Crowdy. And I'm Father Shane Demon. And Father Shane, you're probably asking yourself, where the hell is Sioux City as you just drove back from St. Louis? Just came back. To be here in person. Eight hour drive, but it's good to be home for Thanksgiving. Yeah, welcome back to the Diocese of Sioux City. It's good to be home. It's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Thanksgiving, we just celebrated it. Mm-hmm. Was it delightful? Did you have some turkey and stuff? I did, uh, turkey and stuff. Um yeah, drove north to through Omaha to Sioux City, turned around the next morning with my mother and grandmother, went back to Omaha. As you do. Because <laughs> my sister was hosting everybody, and it was, it was good to see um, family members who could gather, and yeah, we had a nice time. Did you uh, good weather. make anything for the feast? I was not in charge of anything oh. this year. Wow. I, I offered, um, but my sister had it well under you were control. You like so. cool, cool uncle doing fun stuff, right? Yes, I was giving piggyback rides to the, to the <laughs> nephews, and... We were coloring and other games. So wow, yeah, that's great. I hope they're we get three, those, four, and five. Hope we can post those uh, coloring sheets that you helped them with. I'll sometimes. laminate That'd them and put them in your office. It'll your be a surprise. Your seminarians will use that for uh, many uh, Halloween parties to come. Maybe I should have the seminarians receive personalized colored Christmas cards from my nephews. I think they would feel very um, <laughs> seen, known, and loved. Really, by that, yes. yes. Yeah, I was able to visit my family, and it's interesting. I'm as our as our uh, dedicated listeners know. Uh, I stepped out of parish ministry, and so right now, last year parish ministry, there's masses every day. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if there's a holiday, and especially when there's holidays, there's always mass. So there's right. a Thanksgiving mass, and then a mass on Friday, mm-hmm. and then a mass on Saturday, and of course, mass on Sunday. Um, I don't, I don't have a lot of responsibilities right now. It's like the chancery office was closed, and the school was closed, so it was kind of nice to go hang out with family. Good. Have a little uh, Thanksgiving feast myself back in Verina, Iowa. Sometimes oh, you gathered in Verina? In my, at my grandmother's home outside of Verina. Oh, yeah. Okay. A, lot of, a lot of flashback memories. And then, yeah, hanging out in Fonda a little bit too. Uh, I am from the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I forget sometimes until I live in Sioux City for a while. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, don't go east on any 55 mile per hour roads. And then I go back and remember there's nothing here. Mm-hmm. Wow. But wonderful, warm relationships. Yes. 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 And delicious food. Delicious food. Good faith. Good faith. Yeah. I uh, I went to Fonda to, to pray in the evening on Thanksgiving Day after a, a very important nap, you might imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew exactly what was going to happen. It was like five o'clock at Our Lady of Good Council Church. And I grabbed the key where the pastor was let me know where it's at. And as I opened the door, I realized, wait, the door is open. Then I thought, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to be sitting in this church and the parish guy who locks the doors every night is going to, we're going to have an awkward interaction. Mm-hmm. We sure did. It okay. wasn't too bad. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I happened to be on the phone with my brother in the church when the guy came. So it was even more awkward. And I also didn't have a collar to like contextualize why I was there, but I just said, it's okay. I have the key. Kind of looked at me. Okay. <laughs> you weren't on my checklist so tonight. <laughs> he, he locked up, but it was good to pray in that church. Okay. Did you know that I received all of my sacraments um, of initiation? So all my sacraments besides ordination, um, in that church in Fonda. That same column kills? No. Or they oh. good counsel. Oh, that's so what they I was baptized there. Oh. But then we moved to Verina oh. to the house my mother grew up in. Okay. And then religious ed was in Fonda. Okay. So received all of them. Great. 
But I have not yet celebrated a public mass there because COVID kind of killed my celebrations. Mm -hmm. Well, you're always welcome back there, I'm sure. I hope The pastor will love to have you. (laughs) Yo, I almost said it. I almost said absolutely. Almost today. Not today. Not in this season. So, friends, (laughs) listeners, um, I'm very predictable, I think, because Father Shane and I sat down, and as you'll be hearing this, um, this first week of Advent, we are recording this right before, actually, the last day of Ordinary Time, yes. 2022, um, and Father, I said, you know what, I want to talk about this particular thing with Advent, and he said, no, really? Um, so I'm predictable. You, you, you embrace and live the seasons Listen, so well. I've only been a priest for like two and a half years, so and I'm trying. And you're rolling with the seasons, yes. Rolling with the seasons. <laughs> you're just like, oh, wow, Advent again. Wonderful. No, it's good because we have, to, we have to live Advent, and you're going to tell us why it's so important <laughs> to always be in the spirit of Advent. Let me tell you about that a little bit. I Also, I like Advent because um, I'm not very disciplined when it comes to things like Lent, so I like how just concise I, I like how concise Advent Lent is. gets a little long Absolute, and drawn out. Oh huh? my gosh, yeah. So I really, I like it because it's like, oh wow, I'm, pre- I'm preparing for the Lord to come. It's a little bit more somber. There's like, bam, Christmas right away. It's exciting. <laughs> it's right here. So my sanguine personality is ready for the white holidays. Um, you're just, and your melancholic personality loves a good penitential <laughs> season, I'm sure. You're just itching for those years in which Christmas falls on a Monday, so we only have three weeks Woo! of Advent. Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. Um, we've got some Advent things coming up. I do love Advent because, as I'm excited for you to experience the Advent Novena, at Kenrick is yes. beautiful and really leans into the spirit of Advent that's coming up pretty soon. Yeah, we um, start December 5th in St. Louis at that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure you're going to be able to go. When when I sang in the choir, it's it sounds really pious and beautiful. Wow, a novena in the midst of Advent, nine consecutive days of singing the same thing is oh, really it's really intense. No, I know it's going to be a workout for the choir, but it's beautiful. A lot of people from the community come. Mm-hmm. Beautiful preaching. Um, we're going to offer some Advent evenings of reflection in the same spirit at Bishop Healing. Good in the evenings on Monday. So good, folks listening, you can come to those <laughs> if you're in the Susie area. Um, Father Shane, here's why I like Advent. One, because it's short. The hymns are really beautiful. They are. But I really love the reflections that lead into an openness to Christ's coming into into our life. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's kind of two focuses in the season of Advent. There's four weeks. The the first two weeks kind of focus. So we just ended the year with Christ the King. November ends the year looking at the last things with All Saints Day, All Souls Day, looking to the end of time. And then, bam, we started a new church year. And then we look to the second coming of Christ, mm-hmm. kind of in connection with that, his cosmic coming in glory. So the first two weeks are really focused on that. And then the second two weeks, hey, Christmas is almost here. And then it's like, boom, let's look back at the first coming of Christ and celebrate that sacramentally. Mm-hmm. St. Bernard of Clairvaux, or as some might say, Bernard. But right. As, as the Benedictines always would tell me, Bernard of Clairvaux. Right. Uh, the wonderful Western monk. He has beautiful reflection that comes up in the Liturgy of the Hours for Office of Readings about these different comings of Christ, these different advents, adventum, uh, to come. Jesus is coming into the world. He talks about the first coming of Christ that we all know about. We celebrate at Christmas. He talks about this hope, this expectation of the second coming of Christ at the end of time where he recapitulates everything in himself. But then he says there's a middle coming. There's a third coming. And Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of obvious, but that's what I want to lean into because I feel people who are feeling outcast in their faith that's the big question. Where is God in my life? Is he speaking? Is he acting? Is he really present, right? When big questions, when big moments of discernment, do I change jobs? What do we do about our family situation right now? Where do we send our kids to school? 
what do we do with these different dynamics in our family and these different stress that's happening? What are we supposed to do? It doesn't seem like Christ is present. Okay, I know he came in the past. I believe that. And if I'm a practicing Christian, a practicing Catholic, I might even have a hope that he's going to come again. That hope might be stirred up every time I experience a funeral. That hope might be stirred up every time I experience these seasons of Christmas and Easter. But is he coming into my life right now? And as I preach to these high school students that you get to preach to for years, that's where I find myself drawn. Yes, they know a lot about like the history of the church or they know about the scriptures they've been taught for their whole life about kind of these basic teachings of the Catholic faith. While some of them might know them better than others, what they don't know or what they don't experience so often is that Christ wants to be a part of their life right now. Mm -hmm. They know that, yeah, he was present in the past. Maybe he's present to my grandparents. I know he's supposed to be present at church, but I don't really feel him. And then I hope that someday if I'm a good person and do the right things, I'll be in heaven with him. Mm -hmm. But we miss like the most important part right now Mm -hmm. that the word became flesh and dwelt among us in time, but dwells among us right now that Jesus is here. Mm -hmm. So I thought about sharing just a little quotation from St. Bernard and maybe kind of riff on that. Okay. What do you think? Great. What do you got? Well, he says after he kind of gives this idea of the third or the middle coming of Christ, he says, in case someone should think that we say about this middle coming is sheer invention, listen to what our Lord himself says, right? If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him. There's that word, Advent. He says, there's another passage of Scripture which reads, he who fears God will do good. But something further has been said about the one who loves, that is, that he will keep God's word. Where is God's word to be kept? Obviously in the heart. As the prophet says, I have hidden your words in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Keep God's word in this way. Let it enter into your very being. Let it take possession of your desires, your whole way of life. Feed on goodness, and your soul will delight in its richness. Remember to eat your bread, or your heart will wither away. Fill your soul with richness and strength. St. Bernard, of course, writes to his monks living a monastic life who are constantly inviting God's presence into their life, trying to live the presence of God. I think that's so important for us, that Christ desires to come into each of our lives, each of our hearts, as St. Bernard says, just as much as he desired to become man, become incarnate in the womb of the Virgin Mary, just as much as he desires to come at the end of time to renew all things, right, to make all things new, as Revelation says. He wants to come into my life. He wants to come into your life. And when that starts to happen, when he starts to break through, and we can talk about kind of how do you pay attention to that? How are you attentive to his coming into your life? When that starts to happen, he stops being so far away. He stops feeling so distant. stops feeling difficult to, quote, unquote, hear his voice, to see him acting. And it starts to become more of a daily experience of God's presence. I got to experience that with the monks that I lived with for four years of conception, that as you live the rhythm of the liturgical life, as you live the rhythm of daily prayer, as you live the rhythm of work and prayer and brotherhood, Christ becomes present. You start to see his face in the brothers around you. You start to see his face in the words being proclaimed from the scriptures. You start to see his face in the depths of your own heart and then the desires that are there. So the third coming of Christ. Father, as you know, our, our whole faith is rooted on God's revelation in time and what he has accomplished in salvation history. So the, the grounding of our faith has a very backwards focus. You know, we, we look in time to see what God has done, and from that we understand our identity of who he is and what he's accomplished for us. And 
And obviously, as we look towards a, in, in, towards the future, we know that Jesus is going to come again in, in glory. But you speak here about this this coming of Christ in the present, in which He wants to meet us here and now. Um, and and I think that has to be emphasized over and over and over again. And I think any Christian who can walk through the season of Advent has to remind themselves of that constantly, that we're not just preparing. We're not preparing for Christmas because we're just like, well, it's a really big celebration. Mm-hmm. You know, polish your shoes and, you know, get the church all cleaned up because we have to get ready for a great big, you know, festival. Mm-hmm. That's not what actually, <laughs> we're not just cleaning the church for four weeks to get ready for Advent. And we're not having the choir tune up some Christmas carols. That's not actually the preparation we're looking for. Uh, yes, there is lots of, of, of work that goes into proper worship and, and liturgical celebrations. But the, the deeper preparation that we're working through here is, um, is saying, yeah, Jesus is here now. You know, yes, because he came in time, which we will mark and celebrate with great festivity on December 25th, because he's already come, and now that he's risen from death and ascended into glory, he can meet us again over and over again now. And if we don't meet him now, well, then his future coming in glory seems really, really abstract. Mm-hmm. And his past coming just seems like a historic little artifact, right? Mm-hmm. But if we don't encounter him here and now, if we don't you know, welcome the coming of Christ daily into our lives as a lived event, as a lived encounter in relationship with the divine, if that's not happening, then his past and his future comings just seems so out of touch historically as an artifact or some future date that, you know, who knows when that's going to be. So why, why bother? Yeah. Kind of some, some wishfulness or some, some hope for the future that might not even come. Well, we, we know as Christians, he is going to come again. Right. I mean, he said that very clearly, right? Um, and he could come again at the end of time, five minutes from now, he could come at the end of time, five million years from now. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't know, but Again, if you if you just kick the can down the road, um, and it's just some wish for the future, but there is no impact that that future glory or past revelation is piercing the present. Mm-hmm. It's entering into your life and your meaning and your identity right now in a lived experience. Yeah, then we're missing the whole point of Advent, right? Yeah, and missing the whole point of the Christian life. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm I'm reminded of this is why I like Advent because it's a it's a shift. From <laughs> we got we got microphones like swiveling and sure. we're turning our heads. The soundboard is behind us, so sure. yeah, thanks for dealing with us. Um, that's such a helpful kind of synthesis of the Christian life, and it's especially present with this like, advent of Christ, this coming of Christ, because that's what we're actually preparing for. We're preparing to be welcomed by Christ for Him to call us home. And even those who've died, right, we're preparing for our bodies to be glorified, to be reunited um, in the heavenly Jerusalem. Like, that's this hope. That's this longing that the church's liturgy, that our theology, that scripture is always pointing toward. It's, some, it's, it's reaching out for the, um, for the future. I love the, the image of kind of like the corkscrew. Like, that's what our liturgical year does. It goes around in a circle, but it's not just cyclical. It's moving somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but so few people recognize that. And then that's where the Christian life becomes really boring, for a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, really meaningless because it has nothing to do with my life right now. Young people that we work with, that's the big question. What does that have to do with my life? Like when I go to mass, when I, when I sing these hymns, when I experience the church, its symbols, when I experience preaching, 
the big criticism that so many young people have that leads to people falling away from the church, it seems really clear, is they say all the time, like, this has nothing to do with my life, right? Well, that's the work, though. Like, that's the work of when we find ourselves feeling outcast or desolate or depressed or whatever, is to ask that question, where is Christ breaking into my life? Mm-hmm. And I think it starts with what you're getting at of recognizing, like, do I need a savior? Like, does humanity need a savior and did Christ need to come? Did he need to fulfill his paschal mystery on the cross and resurrection and ascension? And does he need to come again? But do I need him right now? It seems like the first step to that is actually paying attention to the ache that's on our heart. Mm-hmm. A colleague at the school the other day was bringing up just some different woes around the world. And he actually brought up Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. Mm-hmm. And I randomly had a copy on my shelf. There's like 10 books on the shelf in my chaplain's office, and it just happened to be there. Mm-hmm. Not to jump into that whole story, right? But Victor Frankl was a survivor of the Holocaust, of the concentration camps. And he, he gets to this point of saying that the only people who survived were those who had real meaning in their life. Well, do we have meaning in our life, right? If our experience of the faith, the church, the liturgy, the scriptures, the idea that Christ will come in the future, has come in the past, is void of meaning, we need to ask ourselves why, and we need to pay attention to that ache. Because so often we just distract ourselves from that ache, from that desire for something more, for that meaning. But when we start to be attentive to that, the struggles in our relationships, the struggles in our life, the struggles with our own particular vices or sin, our desire for something more, a better experience of relationship, a better job, a better... Um, yeah, just like a better life, then we can start to realize that, wait, I actually need something. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been made for something more, and, and Christ wants to fill that. When you speak about this ache, uh, what comes to mind is that, you know, all of ancient Israel for centuries was aching for the coming of the Messiah. You know, they were aching for the restoration of the ancient 12 tribes of Israel to be restored. There was an aching to be kind of... Um, united as a people again without any Gentile influence in their, in their right relationship and right worship to God. There was just this aching for the, the restoration that they were just so longing for the coming of the Messiah. And, and the, the Advent readings really draw out that ache and that yearning and that longing, you know, come Savior, come be with us. And that has to touch Christian lives on a very personal level. There has to be not necessarily private, but deeply personal to say, what is the ache of the heart of, of where Jesus needs to meet you? Where does he come to meet you in this Advent season with what's going on in your life? Where does he come to meet us as a church? You know, and what, what is the ache that you have for the whole body of believers? What is, the, what is the ache that you have for the Messiah to come meet us once again, just in our civic community mm-hmm. and, and the world around us? Those aches, you know, um, are those openings, those portals by which Jesus comes to us once again, again and again and again, to meet us as Savior, to meet us as King, to meet us you know, with the Holy Spirit as divine comforter. Um, those have to be the lived encounters. And so if any of our listeners are really wondering, I don't know how to find Advent. I don't know how to find Jesus. I don't know how to celebrate Advent and Christmas well. Well, I think what you just pointed out is a very helpful step. What are the aches, mm-hmm. you know? Where do you want God to encounter you in your life? Where do you want him to encounter you in the church and in broader society? Because those, those are the moments where God wants to live and be present in all of those ways. Yeah. Um, so still leaning into those aches actually speaks about the whole tradition of the long-awaited coming and arrival of the Savior. 
that really links us back to ancient Israel uh, with their voice, you know, seeking once and again, come Savior, yeah. come be with us. And that's a proposal to allow this third coming to become real for us, right? Mm-hmm. If Jesus wants that, right, if his saints have made that clear, as the scripture said, I'll just read this one more time um, from the Gospel of John. If anyone loves me, he'll keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him, right? So there's a promise from Jesus in the scriptures there that he will come to us. Like he has come in the flesh, he will come again in glory, but he wants to come to each of us right now in our life, in our lived experience, in the depths of our heart in prayer, in the faces of our family members and our coworkers, um, and in those that we, that we live with, that we experience our daily life. So let's start to ask him and to beg him from our hearts, come Lord Jesus, and we can have hope that he will show up. So Father Shane, it's been so good to reconnect with you. It's good to have you here. It's good to be Thanksgiving, here. And I hope you have a blessed and happy Advent. You as well, Father, and blessed Advent. Uh, greetings to all of our listeners. Let's keep one another in prayer, and good luck with this season. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.